Praise the Lord. Father Lord, as we go into your word, I pray that you will speak to each one of us. I pray, Father Lord, that it shall not be my voice, but it shall be your voice. Father Lord, I don't know what your word will go out to do, but pray, Father, I pray it will accomplish everything that you have set out for it to accomplish in the mighty name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, I'm entering learning mode. This past couple of months, I've been teaching graduates in my, in my company, so I'm going to go into learning mode. Recap. Last time I was here, what did we talk about? Let's see whether we have good Bible students or it's after service, everything goes. What was my last message? It wasn't... Pardon? Thank you, Sister Bagia. Spiritual doors. Excellent. Excellent. How, which, which month was that? Yeah? Excellent. Sister Bagia got in April. Wow, I'm impressed. Hallelujah. That was in April. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Spiritual doors. And I'm just going to recap for those that were not here or those that were f- forgotten what we spoke about because my message today is going to be a continuation of that. Praise the Lord. Are we together? I think Sister Bagia saved all of us from another sermon before another sermon. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And at that time, I can remember we defined what a door was, if I'm not mistaken. Okay? And I think the definition is there if they, if they, if they can move the slide. You know? We say usually a swinging or sliding barrier which in the entry is closed open. Means of access or an opportunity. Praise the Lord. Isn't that? And we knew the first instance of a door was mentioned in Genesis when the cherubim came and closed uh, the, uh, the Garden of Eden. Hallelujah. And then further on, okay, a door is named given to me authorized system. This was the definition I gave, okay? Authorized system of access that interfaces with between where you were and where you need to be. Hallelujah. Okay, it closes your yesterday and it opens your tomorrow. Praise the Lord. I won't go through all the scriptures. And then we also define the differences between a door and a gate. Isn't it? Hallelujah. Are we together? We define the differences between doors and gates. Okay? And the differences are there. Okay? Gates can protect territories and lead to a city or territories. But uh, for a door, you have to go there to be able to meet your destiny or your, what God has kept for you. And we mentioned there were two categories of doors, okay? Personal doors and ministry doors, okay? So you have your own personal doors that God is taking you through, and then you have also what you have as ministry doors, what you're given. Then we moved on, and we spoke of spiritual significance of doors. Are we together? And there were a couple of points that we raised there. Okay, and I'm just, ref- I'm just refreshing our minds. We said every destiny has doors and gates, isn't it? Doors signify a beginning and an end of a season. Am I correct? And doors can also represent hindrances, okay, or things that can stop us. With a door, once you meet a door, you cannot just look at a door. There's a call to action. Am I correct? Apart from that also, for doors, we need keys. Am I correct? Isn't that what I said? And we said that access is given in the spirit. And we say door keys are 
transferable. And then we went further. Okay? We spoke about open doors. Am I correct? And in the open doors that we spoke about, you know, various instances how we know you have an open door and how the door is opened. Am I correct? And we also spoke about closed doors. And we mentioned instances, okay, in which doors are closed. One closed by God, as you can see that. And we also mentioned that it is also can be closed by the devil, trying to close it for you. He has no authority, but he tries to close the door for you. Okay? And the other one we spoke about, which for me was more, was more difficult, was we were talking of doors that we closed ourselves, one way or the other. Okay? And that's why when I spoke at that time, I spoke about the tragedy of closed doors. And most of it was the ones that we're talking about. Is that a good summary? Praise the Lord. So, today, what are we going to talk about? I think I mentioned it last time. I said, if God gives me the unction, we'll go ahead to that. So, today, what do you think we'll be talking about? Keys to spiritual doors. We've spoken about the doors. Now, we're moving on to the keys to spiritual doors. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Are you with me? Okay? And... I will, uh, I will define a, uh, a door, uh, a key for you. I'll define a key. We are talking of usually an instrument, isn't it? Usually they say it's a metallic instrument by which the bolt of a lock is turned, isn't it? That's the natural definition. Am I correct? And another one, it seems, a means of gaining or preventing entrance or possession or control. A means of gaining or preventing because you can lock it entrance, possession or control I'll ask three young men I think we have kids for Friday school Limang, can you come up please come up, yes yes, come, Josh, come yeah, come, yes, both of you come both of you come and David, come I'm going to give you three keys and you tell me what they're for okay do you have a mic you have one you have one, and you have one. Okay? So I'll start with you, Josh. Tell me what this key is and why you think that key is for, is for this. Uh, it's a car key. It's a car key. You're absolutely sure. Why do you think it's a car key? Uh, it has buttons. It has buttons. Okay? So he says the car key is a car key because it has buttons. Okay, let's, let's stay on one side. And Leman, what, what do you think this is? A car key. A car key also. Okay. Why do you think it's a car key? Because it has a car key's buttons. It has a car key's buttons. What type of car is it? Honda. How do you know it's a Honda? Because it's written over here. Ah, smart boy. <laughs> what type of Honda? Let me go further. Um, what type of Honda? HLIK. Okay, you're looking at the key. <laughs> you don't know what Honda uncle drives or auntie drives. Okay. Excellent, Dave. Sir, this is a house key. House key? Why do you think it's a house key? The way it looks. The way it looks. Yeah, absolutely sure it's a house key. Yes, sir. It won't open this, this one. It won't open that one. Any type of house? Not any type of house. A particular kind of house. A particular kind of house. Okay. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. So he said this is a house key. Okay. 
and it's actually a house key. Okay? You look at this lock, it looks like something that can open a door. But it might not be a house. It might also be a church, isn't it? Am I correct? Excellent. And uh, the man got a... His was kind of easy because he could see the buttons on it. Okay? And it has a H. If you know your cars, you know that is what? A Honda key. But when I asked him the type of Honda, he couldn't get it. I was hoping he was able to match the person I gave him the key with the car. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. And the last one, Josh. And uh, I gave him this key. All right? And he said it's a car key. And yeah, you're, you're, you're not correct, but your reasoning is also correct. It has buttons. There are a lot of car keys that look like this. Am I correct? Am I correct? New modern cars. But this is a gate key, a garage gate key. Open and close. Okay? Excellent. And one of the things is thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You did well. Excellent. Now, you may have your seat. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you. Now, what am I trying to say is, we have keys, but we have to know which one opens which one. The car key that you have cannot open a house key. A house key cannot open a car key. A car key cannot open a gate key. A gate key, vice versa, cannot open a house key. Are we together? They're meant for specific areas for you to do. Now, in our own spiritual life, the Bible says something. The Bible says knock, but did not define how to knock. Okay? Am I correct? Knock and the door shall be opened to you. Okay? Not all doors are the same. And one of the things is, not all doors are the same. One thing I've just discovered coming back, we have advanced from these normal keys. Am I correct? Are we together? I think I just came back to my office and they have put a new security system. How to enter. Now we have what we call facial resonance face scan. It's no longer the normal key. So a face scan now has become. And they put a high powerful one. If I even come out to the door and it just catches a glimpse of me, they will know that ah, Emmanuel is outside the building. And they will monitor your movement. You have what? Fingerprints. Am I correct? So it has advanced. We have moved on. Now, what am I trying to say? Not all op- doors open the same way. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Numbers 8, Numbers 28 to 13. Numbers 8, Numbers 20, 8 to 13. Who's going to read for me today? I'll pick somebody at the back. Amarichi, are you there? Hallelujah. Please read Numbers 28 to 13 for me. Does she have a mic there? She's at the back. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. The Bible says you be ready in season, isn't it? This is a talking about be ready in season. Take the rod and gather thou the assembly together, thou and Aaron thy brother, and speak ye unto the rock before their eyes, and it shall give forth his water, and thou shalt bring forth to them water out of the rock, so thou shalt give the congregation and their beasts to drink. And Moses took the rod from 
before the Lord as he commanded him. And Moses and Aaron gathered the congregation together before the rock. And he said unto them, Hear now, ye rebels, must we fetch you water out of this rock? And Moses lifted up his hand and his rod, and with his rod he smote the rock twice, and the water came out abundantly, and the congregation drank, and their beasts also. And the Lord spake unto Moses and Aaron, Because ye believed me not, to sanctify me in the eyes of the children of Israel. Therefore ye shall not bring this congregation into the land which I have given them. This is the water of Meribah, because the children of Israel strove with the Lord, and he was sanctified in them. Hallelujah. Thank you so much. God bless you. God told Moses to speak to the rock. And water came forth. Am I correct? Exodus 17, 6. I'll read that. Behold, I will stand before you there on the rock in Horeb. And you shall strike the rock and water will come out of it that the people may drink. And Moses did so in the sight of the elders of Israel. Two scenarios. Speak, strike. To be able to open a door of water for the children of Israel. So not all doors open the same way. It's not everything, and as I've demonstrated that to you, the difference of locks this is not all keys that will open the same doors. And that's what we're here to do. And for me, I'm not going to take much of your time, but I'm going to talk of four keys. Four keys to spiritual doors. Four keys. As far as I'm concerned in this life, there are only those four things that you need for the doors to be open. But for the doors to be open, you must know which one to apply, how to apply it, and when to apply it. Are we together? Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Number one. Praise. Hallelujah. Number one, praise. It's easy. I mean, when Brother Lyndon was leading us today, I was uplifted. I can't come here and sit down quietly. You're coming here, the first key to that open door is praise. Beginning and end of it. Whether you have a good voice or whether you don't have a good voice, praise. We stand down here in church. We are happy, oh, our choir is doing, I'm telling you choir, we have not gone anywhere yet. We'll be there when we have a marathon praise from Friday to Sunday. Nobody goes out. Then that's when I know that we're getting somewhere. Praise is never enough. Go home, turn on your speakers, and praise God. It's very easy. You have so much music. You have so much applications. Am I correct? Some people say YouTube. Some people say uh, Spotify. I don't know. Some of the young ones. Help me out. I woke up this morning. I was listening to Dusin. I praise and worship. For two hours, I was just playing. Sometimes I, was, I felt I was only what I told me anyways. So I felt I was disturbing my neighbors. But that is what God wants us to do. Praise the Lord. And I'll give you an example. I'm just going to read two examples in the Bible for us to be able to understand fully the impact of praise. 
I think we were, we, it was read last time if you were here for the victory night by the NG4C. Praise the Lord. And we had Pastor Jonah. He read it. You see in church? He read part of that scripture. Okay? And we're going to read some parts of those scriptures to refresh in our, our memories what the Lord has done. Tisa, can you get a mic for me, please? If you can open to Second Chronicles chapter 20, and I'll give you some particular verses to read. Second Chronicles. And we're going to be able to jump because I don't want to take, I, want, I don't want to read the whole scripture. Now, this was a story of Jehoshaphat. And let's, let's take it, just read verse 1 to 3. First of all, 1 to 4. Second Chronicles 20, verse 1. After this, the Moabites and the Ammonites, with some of the Menunites, came to, the, came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Verse 2. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, A vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It is already in his zone Tamar. Verse 3. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Verse 4. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. Okay, just, just pause there and keep hold the mic. This was a gang up. Imagine Syria now. Imagine Israel. We're not talking of Israel. There were two nations. There was Israel and there was Judah, isn't it? And he was the king of Judah, if I'm not mistaken. But you have the Israel. You also have Syria. Imagine modern day Syria now. Lebanon. Jordan. All coming against him. He cannot fight it. He's small. He's limited. But if you see that thing, he feared. One of the things that tells me that, yes, it's natural for us to be afraid of. But the things he said, he set himself to seek of the Lord. We'll get to that later. Hallelujah. Are we together? And he gathered them together with prayer and fasting. And he came there. At that time, he did a prayer. I'm not going to go into that, that chapter, but he prayed to God for guidance. Now, can you just jump to verse 14? Okay? Open your Bibles. I hope your Bibles are open. Jump to verse 14 and read to verse 22 for me. Just follow the story, please. Verse 14. Then the Spirit of the Lord came on Jehazel, the son of Zechariah, the son of Beniah, the son of Jael, the son of Mataina, a Levite, and the and a descendant of Asfa, as he stood in the assembly. Verse 15. He said, Listen, King Jehoshaphat, and all who live in Judah and Jerusalem. This is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this vast army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Verse 16. Tomorrow march down against them. They will be climbing up the pass of Ziz, and you will find them at the end of the gorge in the desert of Jeruel. Verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you, Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid, do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. Verse 18, Jehoshaphat bowed down with his face to the ground, and all the people of Judah and Jerusalem fell down in worship before the Lord. Verse 19, then some Levites from the Kohathites and the Korahitites stood up and praised the Lord, the God of Israel, with a very loud voice. Okay, well, hold on there. Uh, thank you so much. Okay? Now, you can find out what was said here. A prophet says something. And this is a popular verse that we always read together, isn't it? 
Alright? You will not need to fight in this battle. Position yourselves. Stand still and see the salvation of the Lord who is with you, O Judah and Israel. Do not be fair. Do not be, do not fear or be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them for the Lord is with you. Praise the Lord. This is a promise God has given them. He spoke to one of the prophets and the Lord told them that. I don't know what is going through your life. I don't know what battle you're going through. But you need a key to overcome that. Hallelujah. I sense that some people are going through health challenges. Some people are going through employment challenges. But you need that key that will open that door for you. Are you with me? But here, it was the same scenario. They were looking for victory. And the word came for them. And as Tisa was reading, they started praising God. Praising God because of what they have heard that God has said. Continue please, Tisa, verse 20 to 22. Verse 20. Early in the morning, they left for the desert of Tekoa. As they set out, Jehoshaphat stood and said, Listen to me, Judah and the people of Jerusalem. Have faith in the Lord your God and you will be upheld. Have faith in his prophets and you will be successful. Verse 21. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and to praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out at the head of the army saying, Give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Verse 22. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against pause the there. men. Pause there. Just pause there. Now understand this. Understand this. As they began to what? Sing and to what? To praise. Understand this. As they began to sing and to praise, the Lord said who? The ambush. Tell me praise does not work. Tell me it does not work. Jehoshaphat could have taken the, the message from me. I could have come down and sat down. The Lord told him to go out. He could have sat down. But he went to battle not sharpening his swords. Not getting his shields. They went praising. Continue, Tezah, please. Verse 22. As they began to sing and praise the Lord, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and the Mount of Seir who were invading Judah and they were defeated. Verse 23, the Ammonites and the Moabites rose up against the men from Mount Seir to destroy and annihilate them. After they finished slaughtering the men from Seir, they helped destroy one another. Go to verse 24. Verse 24, when the men of Judah came to the place that overlooks the desert and looked towards the vast army, they saw only dead bodies lying on the ground. No one had escaped. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I'm singing praising God to victory. Hallelujah. That was the story that happened there. They sang. They didn't have to lift their hand. They positioned themselves. That position that God was talking about was praise. Are we together? You go to battle, maybe in those days you have your shield and your knife. Or even modern days now you have your gun shooting. They took a position of praise. The Lord arose. And the enemies were defeated by themselves. I don't know what somebody is plotting against you. But as you praise God, confusion will go into their camps. Amen. Confusion will go into their camps. Amen. Your victory will be sure. Amen. 
without lifting anything because you're praising God. Now, it was total victory. If you go to the further verses, and I'll read it, I think they've taken your mic, they have saved you. Now, 25. When Jehoshaphat and his people came to take away their spoil, they found among them an abundance of valuables on the dead bodies and precious jewelry which they stripped off for themselves, more than they could carry away. And there were three days, three days, three days, tell me, gathering the spoil because there was so much of it. I don't want my victory. I want God's victory. And when God's victory is given, it will take more than three days for you to cut it. You might think I've lost it over these years. I've been out of job for over these years. I have not been financially stable. But when you get the right key and the Lord opens the door for you, uh, three days will not be enough. The Lord will bless you abundantly. So it's never too late. Understand this. It's never too late. He just went to battle. All he was asking for was them for them to be defeated. He did not know that the king was spoils. I'm trying to imagine myself three days packing jewelry. Oh my. In these days, you say it's a bank alert, isn't it? Imagine you have a bank alert for three days going to your account. Hallelujah. It's only God that can do that. It's only God that can multiply. And that's how you know the victory is from God. That's the difference. I can go into battle. You can go with your boss and fight and fight over certain things. And you might come out winning. You have gotten whatever you want. But when God does it, you can become the boss. It's as simple as that. And God has demonstrated it here. And the verse 29, I'll rest around it up. And the fear of God was on all the kingdoms of those countries when they heard that the Lord had fought against the enemies of Israel. Then the realm of Jehoshaphat was quiet, for his God gave him rest around all sides. God will give you rest in this season. Once you have that key, you will have rest. Jehoshaphat had rest for the rest of it because he got one key right. Fast forward. Let's go to the New, the New Testament. Peter, the jailer. Acts 16, 25 to 31. Acts 16, 25 to 31. Who's going to read that for us? Nithila, please, can you read that for us? I like my NG for C4. I don't know for some reason. Acts 16, 25 to 31. She's not sitting at the back, but uh, I'll, I'll allow her. Praise the Lord. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately all the doors were opened and everyone's chains were loosed. And the keeper of the prison 
awakening them asleep uh, and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm for we are all here. Then he called for a light, uh, ran in and fell down, trembling before Paul and Silas. And he brought them out and said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? So they said, Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. That's a very common story. You're bound in chains. They were still singing songs and praise. How, what worse condition can you be than bound in chains? I'm not going to ask whether you have been handcuffed before because I don't want anybody to tell me whether he has. <laughs> but for me, that is the worst scenario you can be. You're in handcuffs. You're chained. It can't be that bad. You're free. If your freedom is taken away from you, I think that's the worst thing that can happen to each one of us now, apart from death. Okay? But they were bound and they were still singing and praising God. So what stops you from singing and praising God? In your situation, people are moaning. Oh, this is my problem, this is my problem. But you're alive. You're okay. When I went back home, and I went around, all I had to say, Lord, I thank you. That's all I had to say. Lord, I thank you. When you go to vacation, sometimes you'll be able to say, well, Lord, I thank you. Because you're in a good position. Believe me. So why? Why can't you sing praise to the Lord? Because in Psalm 22 verse 3 it says, But the you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. Where praise is taking place, God is there. That's where he dwells. I want you to understand this. That's where God dwells. And that's why when I was talking to you about King Jehoshaphat, as they began to sing and raise praise, the Lord arose. You cannot be singing and say everything will be going wrong in life and God will sit down quietly and see that. No, it does not happen. If God is dwelling there and you're singing praises to him, he will arise and do something on your behalf. I'm not talking of the normal praise singers that we see. If you go to Africa, we have professional praise singers. And they won't let you be. They'll beat drums, they'll sing, they'll follow you everywhere. What stops them from praising you? If they're following praising, what, what must you do? Hmm? You must settle them. Am I correct? You must settle them. There's one time when I was a little bit young, I wore one of our traditional attires the big ones with the gowns, and I went for a New Year festival. I was about a teenager or so. And they don't, they don't they look at your persona. Unfortunately, they didn't know that this teenager didn't have a single bazer. And they kept on following me everywhere. They were persistent. They were beating, singing, and uh, people could not understand that. Settle these guys, let them go. But I didn't have anything. My brother was far away. And I was raising to him, my brother was just laughing. Because he knew my position. 
Finally, when they had a good enough laugh, they came and settled them and they left. But it was very embarrassing to me. What am I trying to say? You're singing praises to the Lord. He's not going to go anywhere until he settles you. You're in a place of praise. The Lord will not go anywhere. You're in it together with you. And you'll settle that scenario you find yourself. Hallelujah. As we enter this season, don't allow the weather to stop you from praising God. Don't allow your circumstances to stop you from praising God. If you can sing, sing. If you cannot sing, follow whatever way it goes. The Lord will inhabit it. Brother Lindy, you don't have a better voice than me, let me tell you. <laughs> but see, I cannot sing like Brother Lindy, but I'll sing to God. Does not mean that his voice is, sounds better, that God will not accept my own praise. He will accept it in whatever form it is. Because it's between you and God. It can be a native language. Sometimes coming out in your native language is much better. God will take care of everything that concerns you. That was number one. I have to move very fast. Number two. Prayer. Prayer. Hallelujah. Prayer. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. Jesus started with prayer and ended in prayer. I don't know whether you sang that song when you were small. We used to sing it. But you sing it literally. But it's telling you something. That prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. What do you, what do, what do you understand about master key? It opens all deals. When we were small, we used to believe that it was thieves were the ones that used to have the master key. So when they come to your house, they can steal anything because they had a master key. Isn't it? But prayer for us is the master key. I'm going to read, read part of 2 Kings 8 to 19. Now, this was when Hezekiah also, there was a rise up against him. Sennacherib had risen to, up against him, 2 Kings 19. And he got a bad news. He got a bad report. And I'm going to read from verse 14. I think lack of time. I'm just trying to make sure we finish on time. And Hezekiah received the letter from the hand of the messengers and read it. And Hezekiah went up to the house of the Lord and spread it before the Lord. Then Hezekiah prayed before the Lord and said, O Lord God of Israel, the one who dwells between the cherubim, you are God. You alone of all the kingdoms of earth. You have made heaven and earth. Incline your ear, O Lord, and hear and open your eyes, O Lord, and see and hear the words of Sennacherib, which he has sent to reproach the living God. Truly, Lord, the kings of Assyria, which have laid waste the nations and their lands, have cast their gods into the fire, for they were not gods, but the work of men's hands, wood and stone. Therefore they have destroyed them, and now therefore, O Lord, God, I pray, save us from this his hand, that all the kingdoms of the earth may know that you are the Lord God, you alone. You alone are God. You alone. So that the world will know. That was a beautiful prayer. If, if I don't have enough time to you to understand it. He got a report and he came and laid it in front of the Lord. He prayed. But at the end, when he was crying, he said, so that God's name will be what? Glorified. Am I correct? Because you alone are God. 
What report have they given you? Where have you taken it to for solution? What report are you seeing your children? You might be having difficulty with your children. Have you put it before the Lord? Prayer is the master key. King Hezekiah did it. What stops us from doing it in these days? Because of our, of our own human self, we think we can sort out the situations that we have. He was a king. He had his own kingdom. But he came to pray. Fast forward to Acts 12, 5 to 10. Acts 12, 5 to 10. Guide thyself and bind thy sanders. And so he did. And he said unto him, Cast thy garment about thee and follow me. And he went out and followed him and wist not that it was true which was done by the angel, but thought he saw a vision. Thank you, Pastor Lynn. Thank you. Prayers were being given on his behalf. Now, one thing about prayers, prayers like a GPS. It tells you which direction to go. You're able to hear God and God will tell you what to do in that particular situation. Are we together? Now, Prayer also goes hand in hand with faith. Okay? Someone could say faith is a different key, but faith goes together. It goes with prayer. Because whatever you receive in prayer, you have to put it in action. Are we together? And now I'm not talking of just Kaliwali prayer. It must be intentional. It must be I'm going to God because of this purpose. When Hezekiah went to God, he went for a particular purpose. We are spoken about different things about prayer, set times for prayer, different types of prayer. If you go to the discipleship training, there's a whole study about prayer. Am I correct? And we're going to depth in that. And when you go to the place of prayer, it brings recognition. God knows who he's talking with. There's a relationship. Nowadays, you have your phone. I think they said now that you can do... Uh, Facial recognition on the phone. Am I correct? I think my phone can do it, but I've never bothered. I'm still, I've, I've tried passwords. I'm still using passwords. You know? But now some people use face recognition, the young, the young generation. And when you go in front of God, God recognizes you when you're praying. Even before he has spoken, he has heard you. He will answer you. He knows when it's his son. Or he knows when it's his daughter. That's why in Genesis 18, 19, he said of Abraham, for I have known him in order that he may command his children and his household after him. That they may keep the way of the Lord to do righteousness and justice. That the Lord may bring to Abraham what he has spoken to him and he has said. Here I am, Lord. Are we together? Prayer. Now, I'm going to go through a certain things. certain things. I'm just going to tell you the power of prayer. I'm just a little bit digressing here. Okay? But I want you to know, maybe if we have time, we'll talk about prayer. Because you have to know what a powerful tool you have. The worst thing you can have is when you have a tool, you cannot use it. Are we together? Number one, okay? This will not be on the slides, but if you can take notes, take notes. Prayer stops guesswork. Okay? 
when you're in a place of prayer with God, it stops you from doing what? Guesswork. I'll try this, I'll try that, I'll do this, I'll do this. God will be explicit. God will answer you and tell you what to do directly. It stops you wasting time. Have you ever been in doing guesswork? No. You can raise your hand. Have you ever in life just decided to do guesswork and see how well it works? Praise the Lord. Yes. No, I have. Now sometimes you even DIY. You start trying to see how to put it together. If you're even doing a puzzle, you're doing Lego, sometimes it's guesswork. But nowadays, I think the new Legos now, they start giving instructions. During my time, if you had all those things, there were no instructions. You're left to sort yourself out. But nowadays, you might have some other tips. But you start in the guesswork. It stops you from guessing work. Two, prayer stops you, stops the devil's attack on you. Because when you're in a place of prayer, you're protected. There's a hedge around you. Three, prayer builds character. Okay? It builds character. We saw the way Jesus ended. Jesus ended with prayer in the garden of Gethsemane. Am I correct? He prayed his heart out. That's the character we need to have. Even on the cross, into the hands I commit my life. He was still praying to the end. It builds a character in you. It builds a character that come, I can talk with my father. A lot of times, parents and children don't get along. Why? Because there's no communication. You see, he's shouting, oh, he's a teenager, he's not listening to me, he has gone haywire. Maybe he's already a teenager, a young adult. The problem did not start there. The problem started when he was from four or five years old. Because the second you have that relationship, there's a character that they can interact and discuss with you. Are we together? That's where it starts. And that's the same thing with our Lord. That character of discussing, that character of communicating with him, it builds you. And it's only in a place of prayer that that takes place. And the more you communicate him, the more you hear him better. The more you communicate with your son or your child, you will know. Do you have mothers in the house? There are times the mother will say, something's wrong here with this child and the father has no clue. Am I correct? Dads, I'm not hitting hard on you, but uh, it's a fact of life. The mother will say, no, 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 something's wrong here. But it takes a while for the dad to be able to sit down and ascertain that something's wrong with you there. But the mother knows. Because she has communicated with the child, she observes him. When my son was growing up, I would just see my wife say, hey, go to the bathroom, go and wee, go and wee, go and wee. And I was like, I said, who told you he wants to wee? She said, no, no, he needs to wee. I said, how do you know? She said, no, no, he needs to wee. The one that had to sit down, and anytime he goes, he wees. He ends up doing it because he knows he needs to. I wanted to ask my wife, I said, what is it? He said, well, sometimes when he starts dancing, it's a signal, you know? So, what I want to say is, it's because of that relationship with God. And as you fellowship with God, as you pray with God, He will reveal things to you about, about what He's about to do. And you also know, when you see certain things happening, you already know what God is doing. But that can only be developed in a place of prayer. 
Are you with me? You can influence other people's character and response to prayer. Hey! I want to influence Pastor Francis. I'll go and sit down and pray. I said, touch Pastor Francis. This, this, this. You'll be surprised how it works. Husband, your wife is giving tough time. Or wife, your husband is giving tough time. Take him to prayer. You'll see how things will change. I'm telling you, things will change. The things that we try to do it within our own strength. You see, ah, Father, this is the husband you're giving me. I didn't give myself, you gave me. You sought him out. The husband will go out, he'll just go and see. He'll be hitting rock everywhere. And he comes back and sorts himself out. You'll be surprised. So that's what I'm trying to say. Don't get tired of praying because it's building character in you. But the answer will come. Am I correct? It has the power to influence people. Even your boss in office, he might not be a Christian. Commit him to God. You see, tomorrow he will just become a different flavor. And he himself does not know what is happening. But you know what is happening. In prayer, peace and joy are restored to troubled minds. When you're praying, you're relaxing. When you go to meet a therapist, isn't it? Uh, let's say you go and meet, I don't know, people that have gone to, is it counseling or therapist? I haven't been, my counselor is God, my therapist is God. But sometimes when you go, the first thing they tell you is, speak out, isn't it? Speak your mind, speak, speak, speak. But the reason why they tell you is sometimes it's not because they want to hear what they have to say. <laughs> They might be interested in what you want to hear say, but as you're speaking out, you're relaxing. And they want you to get into that position that you have opened yourself and spoken. Husbands, you know our wives talk a lot. Allow them to talk. Respond when appropriate. Because if you don't respond, it's a problem. If you respond, it's okay. Maybe also a problem early. But you respond when it's appropriate. But allow them to express themselves. Okay? That's what it is. And that's what God is saying. That's why the place of prayer. You can go and express yourself to God. He's not going to be judgmental to you. He's not going to judge you. Another thing about prayer is covenants are struck in a place of prayer. Deals are made. Now what am I talking about? <laughs> you know, sometimes you see some people go to a certain room, they're having a transaction to go and play. But with God, it's in a place of prayer. Jacob, it was in a place of prayer. Abraham, it was in a place of prayer. Are we together? It wasn't outside. It was just one-on-one we're talking. If you get close to God, God will tell you, I'm going to do this in a place of prayer. And when you're speaking, you make your commitment to God in a place of prayer. I'm spending time on this because what? Prayer is the key. Prayer is the master key. And destinies are shaped in a place of prayer. That's the last one. Destinies are shaped in a place of prayer. Okay? So, first one, praise. Second, yeah, prayer. Third, the word of God. What does the manual say? 
What did God tell you about that situation that you had? Okay? Are we together? What does God say about that particular situation that you have said? Hezekiah was praying. He said, God, this is what it is, but this is what your word says. The surest way to get an answer for your situation is from the word of God. And when you are praying, and say, God, this is what you have said according to your word. And God cannot lie himself. He cannot deny himself. Am I correct? He will bring it to pass. We have seen it so many things. He has given his word, it will come to pass. Regardless of what happens along the line, David had a lot of issues. He still held on to his word. Am I correct? To Solomon and to generations past. What does the manual say? Matthew 16, 19 says, And I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you lose on earth will be loose in heaven. That's a simple promise. You get to the situation and say, God, this is what you said according to your word. It's not all about praying. It's about, God, what did you say in your word? It's very common. The worst thing you can do as a parent is promise your child something. Am I correct? Hey, but daddy, you said so, so, and so, and so, so did. You're bound to eat. Am I correct? Are we together? And you must. I've got a midway ground. I'll say I'll think about it. If I'm going to do it, I'm going to say I'm going to think about it. Because the second I open, I said I'll do it. Alas, you have committed yourself. But we have a book of what God has said he will do. And whatever situation you find yourself, the answer is in that book. He said, you shall be the head and you shall not be the tail. Am I correct? As a man, you're out of a job. You say, God, he said, a man that cannot take care of his family is worse than an infidel. This is what your word said. Lord, I'm not an infidel, so give me the job that I'll take care of my family. That's the way to pray. You give it back to God. You go to class, young men, kids, you're still in school. We have been set aside. I am for signs and wonders. Father Lord, in this test, in these exams, I'm for signs and wonders. I shall be the head, I shall not be the tail. You go and write your exam and see what God will do. Are we together? Because you have read from God's word. All the portions I read to you about it, kings that were referring to what God said to them. Not what man said. What problem are you facing that's not in the Bible? Please tell me. If you have a particular problem that's not found in the Bible, let me know. Is there anybody? No. So why can't you go back to the master himself and say, this is what your word says. The fourth, I know I'm, time is up. Fourth, first one we talked about was praise, prayer, the word, the fourth key. Fourth key is giving. Giving. The Bible says in Proverbs eighteen sixteen, a man's gift makes, way, makes room for him and brings him great men. 
Luke 6, 38. Don't forget what we're talking about the word of God. Give and it what? Given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over, and will be put in your bosom. For with the same measure that you use, it will be measured back unto you. That is a constant principle. I'm not saying you should give because you want to get something in return. But if you give with an open heart, you will get in return. Are we together? Sometimes we hold that last real because we don't want to give. Giving gives you favor. Are we together? Some of us are reaping the giving of our parents. And some of you children, you're going to, re- you're going to reap the giving of what your parents have done. This thing, see, the rain falls on the righteous and the unrighteous. This promise falls on the righteous and unrighteous. That's why our cousins have tapped into this. We have not tapped into it. The unbeliever, Bill Gates, till he dies, he's going to be very rich. What is why? Why? It's not only about his intellect. He gives. Come, take. Come, take. Come, take. But it's a, it's a principle, godly principle. As you give, it will be returned to you. Are we together? It's very important for you to understand that aspect. And when I'm talking about giving, it can be financial, it can be material, it can be time. But I will put another part under that giving. Giving yourself to achieve what you need to do. You come and pray here all day. You come and fast all day. And you don't write your CV. Where would the job come from? Are we together? There's a part for you to do. There's a part for you to give. There's a part for you to do something. That's faith by works. Am I correct? You're applying what God has spoken to you. This I can preach. I know I've preached about giving. I don't want to hash on it. But I'm not only talking about giving to the church. I'm talking about our own personal lives. What are you giving? What are you sacrificing? It will come back to you. That's the key. That is a key. I'll wrap up now. And I'll conclude. Well, I've mentioned the four things. Don't forget them. Don't forget those keys. Every other thing falls into the, under them. Praise, prayer, the word, and giving. All those four. Okay? But my conclusion now is, which key do you use in whatever circumstance? I'll conclude with Revelations 3, 7 to 8. And to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, write, These things says he who is holy, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shuts, and shuts and no one opens, and know your works. See, I have said before your open door that no one can shut it. For you have a little strength, have kept my word, and have not denied me. Please note, a wrong key does not open the right door. Understand this. A wrong key does not open the right door. You need to use the right key.
I mentioned four. But you need to use the right key. Hallelujah. God bless you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. If you are blessed, let your hallelujah be louder than that of your neighbor. I mean, if you are blessed, let your hallelujah be louder than that of your neighbor. Now, finally, let us shout, Hallelujah! Amen. The right key. The right key. So many people in the Bible have used one type of key or the other, and they had great results. One of them was Solomon. He gave a thousand offering like my brother said giving he gave a thousand offering and it was god that was pursuing him solomon wait i want to bless you solomon wait i want to bless you because he used the right key praise the lord my brother has made it clear that these keys are available and the good thing about them is that they are available. It does not cost you more than singing, speaking the word from the word of God to praise him. Amen. Some people said, I will praise God until I receive my breakthrough. They are doing the right thing. Let somebody shout hallelujah. I want you to rise up and begin to talk to God. You see, when you do the right thing before the Lord, the Lord himself is glad about you. When you praise God, to the essence God will ask, what shall I do unto you? That is required. You will talk to God and say, Father, in the name of Jesus, Help me to please you with the whole of my life. Father, let me be able to do that thing that will please you, that will move you to do that thing you want to do in my life. Begin to talk to God. Father, help me to please you. Help me to please you with my life in the name of Jesus. Help me to please you with my life. Almighty God, in the name of Jesus, help me to please you. Thank you, King of glory. In Jesus' name, we have prayed. Let us pray. Let us commit our brother the Lord has used for us. That God will continue to enable him. God will continue to anoint him. And the hand of God will be upon him and his family. Begin to talk to God. Thank you, Jesus, 
for your son you have used for us oh lord thank you for your word your word that came in season we give you all the praise thank you for these keys oh lord that you have given to us today to be able to open those right doors my father i pray that your grace will multiply for him in the name of jesus thank you king of glory in jesus name we have prayed i want you to also talk to god father enable me with that key to that right door begin to talk to god in the name of jesus my father i pray that you enable also lord with that key to that right door in the name of jesus my father let that door O lord of blessing of breakthrough that door of upliftment that door of healing let it be opened unto us in the name of jesus thank you my father blessed be your holy name in jesus name we have prayed before we share the grace please uh, the first timers on this uh, left door here on my left hand side please you just go through the door you see our leaders they want to share uh, one thing or the other with you please make yourself uh, available praise the lord let us share the grace in fellowship may the grace of our lord jesus christ the love of god and the fellowship of the holy spirit be with us now and forevermore amen surely your goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives and we shall dwell in the house of the lord forever and ever praise the lord